And, and don't worry, I'm not going to talk about all the Air Buds. I'm just going to highlight how good of a sports player he is in each one. <laughs> the lie detective determined that was a lie. Welcome to Afterthoughts, everybody. This is our recommend or refute episode where we go around the group and we each tell you about a movie or show that we watched separately from the group and recommend or refute it to the rest of the crew. I am your host this week, Michael Dixon. With me is the normal crew, John Garcia. How you doing? Hey, I have a movie that I'm very excited to talk about. I swear to God, it's not schlock. Um, mm. It's uh, fantastic. Just like, I'm so excited. Anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say anything else. Don't believe you. We're going to go right into it. I know you distrust me, but hey, I'm going to make you a believer. Okay. Uh, and, and Ryan King, I hear you have a special offering for us this evening. Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm okay. I'm doing okay. Why you did are. you have to do a, a mental check-in the moment that you said you? <laughs> I have to think about it. I may have like broken prior commitments and chosen to watch way too many horrible things uh we know you've broken prior commitments because you just didn't fucking show up last week to the podcast and we will read the receipts later (laughs) yes yeah um we're going to say my brain was fried (laughs) we're going to save ryan's special uh, analysis for last on this this podcast we normally do the hosts last but uh we felt like ryan has such a unique offering we're gonna let him him go last you know it's our christmas gift to ryan really yeah it's a christmas miracle yeah (laughs) he says it with such enthusiasm uh john do you want to kick us off tonight and uh tell us what you watched i do so um this past week I watched, you know, a number of uh, different, I've watched like some Christmas movies. Okay. I'm getting into the spirit. I watched Home Alone. I watched Christmas in Connecticut with Barbara Stanwyck. Hell yeah. Fantastic film. Love Barbara Stanwyck. Um, And I I really thought like long and hard, like maybe I should do one of those. Um, But then I got my shipment of Vinegar Syndrome in. And you said this wasn't schlock. John. It's, it's not. It's not. It's great. Mm. It's, I promise you just run with me out there, everybody. I know I'm usually the guy that betrays that trust. Um, but this in, time in around syndrome's defense, they've split themselves into two different companies just for John. That's right. <laughs> so one of those companies. One is, one is schlock and one is porn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> guess which one vinegar syndrome is <laughs> and guess which one I have a subscription to. Uh. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like I, I, I bought like a Black Friday haul of Blu-rays and one of them, um, what it caught my eye, the, the box artwork for it, it was remastered in 4k. It was kind of touted as being not really like lost media, but just like a forgotten gem. And I said, yeah, I want to see whatever that is. I'm down to watch it. And it's called Daryl. He's a mystery and a miracle. It's okay. I've done it before. The government designed him. Daryl is an experiment in artificial intelligence. Now they want him destroyed. The youth life form project as of now is terminated. Aboard! Aboard! You're going to shoot it down? Ten, nine. Daryl. Rated PG. Uh, and it's it's uh, an acronym. It's D-A-R-Y-L. Mm. Um, and that acronym uh, is not written out in the synopsis at all. But if I remember correctly, it's like data analyzing robot youth life form. Yeah. And I'm just <laughs> what? like, what? Sure. Like, why not? Um, so 
basically in 1985, uh, there was this kind of decision by Paramount. It's like hot on the heels of Cloak and Dagger, which I've talked about before. Uh Um, A a PG, an 80s PG film that really pushed PG to the limit by having uh, uh, the fucking kid from E.T. just murder men on the Riverwalk of San Antonio. Was this one of the last PG movies? Is that it's one of those? Yeah. PG-13 happened. Exactly. Right around that time. Yeah, Yeah. it's right around that time. And so Daryl's like hot on the heels of that. The year after Cloak and Dagger came out, Daryl comes out um, this movie. I had no idea what it was. And I invited some friends over to watch it with me because we thought the cover of the Blu-ray was a kid holding a baseball bat. And the other side of the cover was a kid thought we thought he was holding a gun. We thought, hey, oh. he, we're in for it. You know, here's another Never one bring a baseball bat to a gunfight. Yeah, exactly. They, <laughs> they were they were the same kid, but I was like, what's he gotten into? Is it like the born identity again? Like the barely born <laughs> yeah. identity again? Who knows? Um, the just born identity. Yeah, the just born identity. And uh, Daryl is a um, artificial life form who's been made by the government. The whole synopsis of this movie is that he's like dumped off on the side of the road in this small town. Um, I don't know where the small town's supposed to be, but it's like shot in Florida and he uh, kind of finds a foster home. Doesn't remember who he is, has amnesia, but he has this extraordinary ability to learn anything. The moment he's seen it, he can just go do it. Like he plays Atari games and he can fucking ace them. Um, he can learn how to play baseball like really fucking well, just from watching one moment of it, like all of these things. And, uh, from there it becomes this whole kind of, you can think about it as like sort of same thing as ET. Hey, he's escaped. There's like government people sort of chasing him. Turns out he's artificial intelligence. I've already given you the acronym and what it means. Um, so the the story itself, relatively predictable. You can tell that there are like certain foreshadowed moments of like Daryl's going to learn how to do something like he's in the cockpit of a plane and he's learning how to navigate. And it's like Daryl's going to fucking fly a plane at some point. Like, I just know it's going to happen mm. um, where this movie really fucking impressed me and knocked my socks off was the amount of stunt work that's put into it for a movie about a kid. That's basically like the most American version of Pinocchio I've ever seen. Oh my. Where he's just like, <laughs> I want to be a real boy and I want to be loved by a real family. And the, the, his like parents are played by uh, Michael McKean and Mary Beth Hurt. I love Michael McKean. Yeah. Do you know Mary Beth Hurt? Uh, I don't recognize the name. She's married to Paul Schrader. No shit. Absolutely. She's a New York actor. Uh, And like, it it just like, they kind of stacked the cast um, with these, uh, whoever was like producing it. I watched it behind the scenes. There was like a 50 minute documentary that came with it too. They talked about how they tried to like find the right people for all these roles that had the right amount of warmth and stuff. And like, just would make it come alive. Um, Honestly, I'm not going to say that they succeed in making uh, Daryl feel like he has a totally nuclear family. Um, uh, Mary Beth Hurt has this weird relationship with him where she wants to mother him and like she's trying to they try to set up this whole thing where she needs a son. She needs to have a child to like instill some sense of morality in him and and bring him up. It's like a motherly instinct that has to happen since Daryl's so perfect. She's just like 
you know, it's like Marge Simpson in the uh, the You Only Move Twice episode where she starts like drinking, basically. She's like, Daryl's just perfect. I don't know what to do. But like there are these funny subversions of that where they set that up and like Daryl can do everything. He irons his own shirts and he's 10 years old and he like does all this other shit for himself. And his friend, his best friend is named Turtle. And his best okay. friend... Is this an Entourage prequel? Kind of, I guess. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, the, the kid who plays Turtle is doing, like, a mini Marlon Brando impression most of the movie is what it feels <laughs> like. And so he's always just like, oh, you gotta do something for me. Like, hey, you know, Daryl, you gotta learn to do these things. And, like, <laughs> he's fucking telling him the way oh, of the world. And so at one point, he's like, Daryl, your mom's mad at you because uh, you're perfect. You know, you gotta fuck up every once in a while, Daryl. And Daryl! You Daryl me a <laughs> Daryl, <laughs> um, but yeah, like the the rapport that Daryl has with Turtle is endearing, and uh, Turtle is the most precocious of children. He tells people to kiss his ass. He fucking tries to. Yeah. Uh, he calls his sister a hooker, and he like talks about all the fucked up shit she does with her boyfriend, which she doesn't do. But he's like, "Oh my god, I'm learning so much." She's like really tricking for him and shit like that. You're like, "What the fuck? Wow. This is like a family movie." <laughs> um. But yeah, at the center of it all, like, is this government conspiracy to build the perfect artificial intelligence and, like, robot, and Daryl happens to be that, and they have, like, boardroom sequences with military guys where they're like, so far, the artificial intelligence is great, but he's not a man who can kill. Can you make him a man yet? And, like, (laughs) it's just like a child (laughs) trying to do this shit. We don't have the technology. (laughs) We can only make him a 12-year-old boy that can play baseball. He's a youth life form. Um, Like, the the Uh, first half of the movie has, like, I need to win this baseball game kind of stakes to it. And the latter half of the movie is, excuse me, sir, Daryl needs to commandeer your vehicle stakes. And there's, like fucking cars jumping off ramps and police cars that are fucking blowing up and flipping over. Okay. And they get a fucking stealth bomber that like they fly around and shit. And like to the point where I, when I watched the documentary, they said we wanted to get the, what is the fucking, it's the stealth bomber they use for the X-Men. It's the same one. It's like this oh, yeah, S, yeah, yeah. S70 something class thing. And like the producer was like, can we get one of those? Can we actually uh, get that for the film? And the VFX supervisor who had worked on Back to the Future was like, well, I know some guys who um, work with Lockheed Martin and they they took the storyboards from the VFX supervisor and shot the VFX of or like the actual sequences of taking off and the Blackbird and like all these other sequences. And they're really well shot. Oh, wow. <laughs> like they do all those things. They're like, we know those military bases. You don't have clearance to get on it. We can though. And we can film this for you. So and Lockheed so, like, Martin filmed scenes of the movie. I think there's like pieces of that. Yeah. Where it's oh, like, they were God. just doing this because Lockheed Martin loved it. And they were like, the Pentagon fucking hated what we were doing. They did not want us to do this. Um, and so the like, military industrial complex <laughs> folks. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like all these cool behind the scenes moments that are captured in like real fucking practical effects, really cool stunt work. Um, they they have like a car that drives on two wheels as a stunt for a period of time. And like uh, the fucking cops that are trigger happy everywhere in it, like everybody chasing a 10 year old named Daryl, who's like the smartest kid ever. And I was like enamored with it was just fucking wild. It was a wild trip. And I was not like disappointed the entire time my my friends who came over to watch it they thought they were in for just plain schlock and it was going to be some awful shot on video you know like 
uh, rip off ET or something. Shot on video, but restored to 4K. Yeah, restored to 4K. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, what do you think? Like, why would they do this beautiful box yeah. art and everything? But um, at the end of it, they were just like, like, holy shit, that just fucking knocked our socks off. Like, that was great. Even like Sasha today, uh, we were watching the documentary and she was like, they did a fucking great job. Like, oh my God, they did so much. So uh, yeah, I was really impressed with Daryl. Um, I had a fantastic time with it. I think it's a great compliment to Cloak and Dagger. It's one of those like last movies from the 80s, the last 80s PG films that uh, I think one of the one of the writers said like, this is a movie it's a kid's movie that's made for adults. And then he got confused and he's like, or maybe it's an adult's movie made for kids. I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's a crossover. kind of gave up. Yeah. yeah. But like, it just has that tone to it where there's a lot of stuff in it where I'm like, I don't know if Ryan could show this to his kids, but at the same time, I'm like, but it's about a kid who's yeah, going through maybe. stuff. I don't know. No, it's not. It's about the computer that's going through stuff. Well, that was the other thing is they throw in like a whole ethical conversation about like yeah. he has feelings and emotions and he's learning to have preferences and like the scientists that have been working on him for the military are like, we should probably free him because he's like sentient now. Like he's got a soul and like he's clearly a kid who just wants to have fun. Um, and that becomes like a whole thing where the military are just like, nah, just like liquidate it, like fucking kill whatever yeah. it is. And you're like, holy shit. Um, yeah, this- I was going to say the the final, all the final chase stuff is because the government finds him and is like, oh shit, well, we can't use him as a killing machine now. So we got to trash him, right? Wait, yeah. Ryan, you've seen this movie? Or are you just, oh, just yeah. assuming? Okay. No, I've seen this. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 it's like, oh no, he has emotions. Well, we should go ahead and kill him because mm-hmm. we don't, <laughs> we that's not what we wanted. We just wanted a gun. Yeah, that's basically what they say. So it's just like that. Uh, this is also the not, only movie. Not let's, fuck it, let's let him go. <laughs> Yeah, they don't want that at all. We got to reclaim it and we got to trash it. It's like the scientists even are like, we need to get him out in the wild so that journalism can take hold and like fuck the military over. And I was like, hell yeah, do it. Like get Uh, him out there. Doesn't the scientist at the beginning like kill himself? Yes. A scientist at the beginning just fucking drives off a cliff. You watch the whole car fly off the cliff and hit the fucking cliffside and get carried away in the river. It's amazing. It's a great (laughs) stunt sequence, but they had 50 precision stunt drivers and 25, um, like actual, I can't remember what it was like 50 precision drivers, 25 stunt drivers. And the director was an Australian director who had, uh, done mostly television, but he knew how to do chase scenes. So the chase scenes feel fucking awesome. Mm. Like they have that, like it's either, it's a mix between like the fast series and like the blues brothers in a way. There's like a lot of cops cars and shit. Yeah. And there's just like chaos on the streets. Is Vin Diesel in this movie? He's not, but it is about family. Okay. (laughs) I feel like that's a consolation. Um, but yeah, like, uh, Daryl, it, it fucking knocked my socks off, man. I, I really dug it. And, um, I am like so excited to just share it with more people because after watching it, I was like, holy fuck, there's so much that happens in this that I was just like, I, there's a baseball game, of course. But then like the military chases and like all this other stuff that goes on and turtle just as a character is like the best, like he's just the best fucking kid. He wears a jean a fucking jean vest he looks like he could have a smoke uh, like a pack of smokes like nelson months yeah he was like nelson months thing i'm sure he inspired nelson months or something <laughs> like it's got to be that but um yeah it was it was a great time the kid's the kid from the never-ending story too right like isn't he i think so yeah, the never yeah. Zero two, the never-ending story two. Oh. <laughs> two yeah, yes <laughs> that is correct he is the never the you know, he's never-ending the kid from story the never-ending also story. Yep. yes 1984 he's also from the never ending story there we go yeah because he was like a hot 
property at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, why is the government interested in dropping a sentient artificial intelligent child into a small town in the middle of America? Well, they aren't. That's kind of mm -hmm. where the, the beginning of it is. One of the three scientists who made Daryl decides that he needs to be alive and he needs to live with other people. And so the movie starts out with a cold open of the most fucking rad car chase that's going through like the trees and there's like a, a helicopter chasing it and trying to follow it and it's swerving all over the fucking road and it's almost hitting other cars and trees and shit. And then uh, Daryl just gets kicked out of the car into these like, like leaves and the car just flies off a cliff blows up at the bottom of the basin, not in the middle of it. That's a fucking amateur move. It just blows up when it hits the river. <laughs> uh, and, and from there he finds like an old couple who turn him over to a foster home. And that turns him over to like this town where he gets adopted by a couple that have always wanted to have a kid, but have had trouble uh, having a child and they become attached to him obviously for different reasons. And so like, there's where it all starts. Um, but they also recognize that something's different and weird about Daryl when like, he's able to replicate, he's able to play like piano sonatas immediately once he's realized what a piano is, or mm. he can fucking hit, you know, a home run just from like one batting practice and like that kind of shit. Um, yeah, Michael McKean does a fantastic fucking job in it. He's really fun. He's just having a good time being like kind of a dad who's really obsessed with baseball, which I guess is like an 80s thing. Um, uh, but maybe it's a forever thing. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, and he was this before Spinal Tap. It's after Spinal Tap. After Spinal Tap. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure. So, yeah, they were like, yeah, Michael McKean. He's probably the guy that we want. And like <laughs> just all of it. Uh, I, it just kind of like a beautiful story that I really enjoyed. It's not super groundbreaking in a lot of ways, but from an eighties perspective, I just had a blast. Like I didn't think that this movie existed until I saw it. So what is it about movies from like this time where the parents are just like, well, we needed a kid. We'll just keep this kid. We won't tell the authorities. Like this is just yeah. our <laughs> child. <now. laughs> Everybody was desperate for kids, I guess, back then. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or this or this robot or this Bigfoot or whatever. Like, it's just part of the family now. We're not going to tell uh -huh. anyone about it. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to sneak in Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, anyways, stunts were great. Visual effects were great. It was shot in, I want to say, 16 weeks. Like, actually... Okay. Shot in, uh, no, wait, no, that wasn't, that's not right. Shot in eight weeks, eight weeks okay. and then eight weeks for post-production. And Oh, that's quick. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it turned out pretty fucking great. So, and it has a great score too. Like the score is really memorable, um, to a point where I was like, wow, they, they did this for the score. Like, that's pretty amazing. Some of the, the notes were great. And the, the 4k that I got, um, I feel like it had the right kind of channel mixing and everything to just like. It's like a good Atmos kind of track. I don't know yeah. if it was Atmos, but it felt like it was the way that it kind of enveloped me. So nice. Uh, this this is the guy that went on to make Free Willy. Oh, Simon Winsor did. Yeah, and the Phantom. 
Yeah. Oh. <laughs> With Billy Zane. <laughs> With Billy Zane. <laughs> is Free Willy also AI? I don't. I haven't seen that since I was probably six years old. I don't remember. Yeah. If that's I part just of the remember no, Free Willy too. The director's the cut from <laughs> The Simpsons, where oh, yeah. he crushes the boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is Free Willy a Boston those, like... Dynamics robot? <laughs> <laughs> It might as well Somebody that knows how to pull the kid strings. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, would recommend Daryl. All right, interesting. Okay, sounds sounds like a fun, uh, quasi schlocky maybe, but uh, but like high a, production value. I would uh, say, yeah. in terms of like a Criterion, it's like a matinee feature, is what they call it on Criterion. Okay, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's one of those like watch it on a Sunday afternoon and you'll have a good time. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, well, I am going to be talking about dream scenario this week. Have you been dreaming about me? Have I been dreaming about you? Yeah. There's like a hundred messages. Somebody wants to interview me. This is strange. Maybe you should take a minute and think before you do anything drastic. Why me? Uh, I don't know. I'm special, I guess. <laughs> I really feel like you're playing with fire here. Zach, please help me! I'm not actually doing anything to them. You know, fame can come with some less desirable side effects. You should be prepared for that. Maybe we should cool this thing off. What? What do you mean? It's embarrassing. Which part? Your dream to me, dream to me. I guess I'll, uh... Guess I'll see you in my dreams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course not. Thanks. Uh, this is my second week where I'm going to shamelessly plug my annual Nicolas Cage ranking blog post that I have yet to <laughs> post online or, or complete. So, uh, you know, eventually it will be up. But Dream Scenario is the latest film from the great Nicolas Cage that is now out in theaters. And if you've seen the trailer for this, it, it's a wild premise. It's an A24 movie. And this is the first A24 movie that Cage has ever done. And it, when I saw the trailer, I was like, holy shit, I can't believe that Cage hasn't done any A24 movies before because he does so many low budget movies. And like he, a lot of them are really bad straight to streaming shit, but he loves doing interesting artistic ventures. And I, I'm shocked that he hasn't been involved in an A24 project before Dream Scenario. But uh, Dream Scenario was a, 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 a good place for him to enter into the A24 universe. And I hope that he continues down that path. Um, it's written direct and directed by Christopher Borgley. I'm not really familiar with his work. He's done a couple movies previously that I haven't seen. Um, but Nicolas Cage stars as Paul Matthews, who is a uh, professor of uh, some sort of biology. I forget exactly what he teaches, but he's a very unassuming character. Uh, the movie reminded me a lot of a serious man, actually. Huh. Um because, you know, it's it's similar idea. The main character is a professor who is, you know, he's like, well, I never did. I didn't do anything wrong. Like, I don't understand why all this stuff is happening. I didn't do anything. Um, Cage plays. He's he really like transforms into the role. He put on he clearly put on some weight 
for the role. He uh, he he plays a a balding man who who is a professor who has kind of a standard suburban life. Um, you know, he has a wife and two daughters who are like teenage and preteen, and he's just going about his his life. And all of a sudden, uh, he has a a friend who like a a former girlfriend who come up to him randomly in in the world and is like, hey. I had a dream about you last night. Like, this is really strange. Like, I'm not really sure what's going on. And as the movie goes on, you start to realize that lots of people are randomly having dreams about Nicolas Cage's character. And it's not like he is a prominent figure in the dreams. He's just kind of there in the background, not doing anything. And oftentimes the dreams are rather traumatic for the individuals dreaming them. But Cage is just kind of there in the background watching the shit happen to them and not involved, not helping them, not hurting them, but just kind of being there weird in the background. Mm. And it's 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 never explained why this happens, but it, it becomes this national phenomenon. Cage all of a sudden starts getting all these interview requests and, you know, his wife is like, hey, maybe you should not do that. Like, maybe think about this before you jump into it. Um, he has a, a colleague, his, his boss at the university is played by Tim Meadows, who is always wonderful love and love Tim Meadows in this movie. And, you know, he's like, hey, dude, like, I don't know if you like, do you think this is real? Like, maybe this is just a, just some random thing that, you know, people are just kind of jumping on the bandwagon and saying that they're dreaming about you. You can't confirm this. Like, why are you embracing this? You know, but, but Cage's his character, Paul, is, you know, has never really experienced any fame before. He's a tenured professor, but he has not gotten the notoriety that he thinks he deserves and he wants to write a biology book about ants and he is is like that has been something he's wanted to do his whole life but he hasn't felt like he has had the um you know the, the notoriety in order to do that the the cachet to, to put out a book like that and so he's like well you know maybe if i start doing some interviews then you know i could become famous for this and i could maybe put out my book that i've always wanted to do and so he starts to talk to local media and national media and it becomes a huge thing it's a viral sensation online all these people start realizing holy shit that guy i'm dreaming about that guy too and you know it's it's not clear who is dreaming about him and who is maybe just saying they are to be a part of the thing. They're clearly characters like Tim Meadows is like, I'm not experiencing this. I don't like his wife's like, I'm not dreaming about you either. I don't, I don't know what's going on here. Um, but it comes, it becomes this big thing. And, and the movie kind of turns into an analysis on modern internet culture and how it, it kind of chews up and shits out people and and you know you kind of like come into fame accidentally and you become a thing and everyone loves you and then you do the wrong thing and everyone hates you and then you get shat out and everyone forgets you and maybe your life is actually worse at the end of all of it than it was at the beginning um but i think it's a really it's a really fascinating kind of think piece about our modern society it's also fucking hilarious like the it's it's definitely a comedy and the, the movie is is really funny and cage is incredible in the role um michael Sarah is in the, the movie as a um like a 
uh, what's the word? Like, he, like he's like an agent in like a new agency called Think Question Mark. I believe is what the <laughs> is what the agency is called. Or exclamation point! I forget some sort of punctuation. Amazing behind it. That would but, be great. Think and not a question mark. That would be yeah. Great. right. Yeah. Uh, but they they bring him in and and Michael Sarah's like, we think you're the most interesting person in the world right now, and and we really want to help you capitalize on your fame and and get to the next level. And he's like, oh great, I've always wanted to write this book this biology book about ants and he's like mm, it's not really the space that you're in right now everybody knows you as like the guy that they dream about and so you really need it would be, really be a pivot and you need to capitalize on what you're famous for now and like like sprite is really interested in doing an ad campaign with you or like they like tweet out pictures of you with sprite and say like have a nice sl- nice night's sleep and then like <laughs> hope that people start dreaming about sprite and it's, like, <laughs> it's it's really funny how you know, the the, kind of the modern marketing world and and everything kind of plays into how, you know, we behave on Twitter and online. And and it it is called Twitter in this movie. So, you know, we're not calling it X, but take that. Yeah. Um, I I thought the movie was really fascinating. Cage is really great in it. I I really want to see it again. Like I'm I'm probably going to go see it again in the next week or two and, and really kind of crystallize how I, I feel about it to be able to kind of write about it a little bit more coherently. But it, it's it's a really fascinating film and I think Cage is incredible in it. He does this like high-pitched voice that uh, kind of works really well for a, a character who, you know, doesn't want to impose on anyone and, and he's very meek and he's like, you know, well, well you know, what, what did I do? I'm just, I'm just this guy. I, di- I didn't insert myself into your dream. How, why are you mad at me for, for that thing that you, you dreamt about? I didn't, I didn't cause that. Right. And like, you know, he starts out as being a guy who's just kind of a passive background figure in people's dreams. And then as the movie goes on, he starts becoming a more active character in, in people's dreams. And that has ramifications as you would expect. And the movie dives into cancel culture and, and all of these things. And, the ramifications that flash in the pan internet fame can have on an, an individual. Um, and I, I thought it was really fascinating. I, John, I think you would really like it because you love a serious man so much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I, I, I think both of you guys w- would really enjoy it. Um, definitely. I've, I've seen now five of the six movies that cage has been in, in, in 2023. And this is, clearly the best one uh i have not seen butcher's crossing yet because you have to pay 20 dollars to rent it online right now so i'm <laughs> holding out on that one but you you want to go halvesies and see what it's about hell yeah let's do it let's do it <laughs> there we go we can get it in before the end of the year for your article yeah, yeah let's do it uh but yeah i i really loved uh this i mean i didn't like i i was fascinated by it and i i, I really enjoyed it uh i gave it a four out of five on letterboxd i liked it a lot and i i want to see it again because I think the concept is fascinating and it, it's really funny. Um, and and I'm, I'm interested to go see it again. I, I have a feeling I'll probably like it a little bit more on a second watch when it kind of all comes together a little bit better. But um, yeah, would, would highly recommend people go check out Dream Scenario. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm curious, like, what was the most that like, what was the thing about it the most that resonated with you that reminded you of serious man? Is it like the meekness of his character that like, I'm not trying to do anything or was there something, something else like in a contemplative way, philosophically that kind of gelled with it? Yeah. It feels like a serious man meets modern internet culture where you have this meek college professor who is all of a sudden like has these events happen to him that he really doesn't have a lot of control over. 
but it, he does have some control over it because he is subjecting himself to the fame, right? He's like, he's agreeing to the interviews and he's trying to capitalize on it to do what he wants to do. So he doesn't have to necessarily partake in what's going on, but he does. And that leads to ramifications and, you know, people start having nightmares about him and that leads to him being like, you know, toxic online and, and stuff, right? And it leads to ramifications in his life. And, you know, he's like, well, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I'm just a guy. I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm just, you know, I, what are you talking about? It wasn't me in your dream. It was some random manifestation in your mind of some, you know, uh, uh, weird stress that you have. And, uh, you know, but he can't really like rationalize his way out of it, even though it's, it's clearly not him who is doing the things to these people, but it is still having real effects on his life. And, you know, he has like students that don't want to go to class anymore because they're like, we, they feel weird about him and like they've had nightmares and involving him and stuff. So it's like, it's, it's something where he is having to deal with things that may or may not be of his own making. I think a serious man is more like he is clearly at fault. Right. And like him, his inaction is, uh, mm-hmm. is is him not stepping up in his own life and being the husband and father that he needs to be, right? And yeah. in th- in this movie, it's more like it's just kind of what the internet does to you, and it it turns people into heroes and villain villains randomly, and it just kind of chews you up and spits you out. Yeah, is it heavy handed with that, or do you feel like it's the right amount of? No, I thought it was done really well. Um, okay. you know, it's it's. Explored in a really interesting way. I think the you know the the end of the movie for me is the is the thing that I'm like I I really want to see it again so I can kind of feel like I understand what the movie is trying to say because I don't know if it's trying to say that Cage's character is at fault for what's going on and if he's kind of a shithead or if it's just saying like he's just a person that got caught up in this machine and it does what it does. Um, a serious man, I think is very much pointing the finger at Lawrence Gopnik and being like, no, you are the shithead in this scenario. Action is a choice. Right. And your inaction is, is the problem. Not, it's not like you're, you're not doing anything. Therefore you're a good person. It's you, you're not doing anything. Therefore you're a bad person. Um, with this, I think it's a little less clear on what it's trying to say about its lead character. And I, I think that makes it, that makes it really interesting to me. I think a serious man is a better movie, but um, I think a dream scenario is, is really well done. Nice. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see it. I know I saw the trailer and I was really interested. Of course, I'm <clears throat> always interested when a 24 is there and when Nick cage is definitely involved. I'm like, all right, I've, I've obviously turned that page. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I am very curious to see what this is about. Um, still in theaters right now. So. Still in theaters right now as, as of this recording. And I assume it still will be once this, this post. Oh man, I got to go see that. I got to go see Godzilla minus one. There's like all these other things that are out yeah. there that I just got to go see. Uh, yeah. I'm curious about them. December is, this, is a great this is, month. This is mm-hmm. a fucking Yeah, Surprisingly, month. it's coming out good. Um, is this a good example of like a subtle, you're saying a, because I think Nick Cage is now known for being like the over the top, right? Beef? You had my son killed. She lied straight to my face about it. You think I've got beef? You think beef is an accurate description of what I've got with your father? Yeah. <laughs> he has such a breath that he can hit. Like, this is a good example of his more subtle 
character. Yes, he's not given any like freak out scenes in this movie. He is is really living this character of this meek guy and he he does it really well. Like he's he's playing a guy who is clearly uncomfortable in his own skin and he's very fidgety, like he can't stand still because he always feels awkward in every situation and he's mm-hmm. he knocks it out of the park and and gives a great performance in in the movie. It'd be interesting now for people to be able, like, they have this vision of Cage, but if you could watch Adaptation and Pig, and it sounds like this, yeah. and actually see the other side of, like, hey, he really is a great actor mm-hmm. beyond just, like, yeah, he can be this over-the-top <laughs> character. And I love when Cage goes crazy. I'm I'm sure. there for, for all of those performances. But yeah, his quiet performances are his better ones. And, you know, Pig is one of the best performances that I've ever seen in 100%. any movie. Yeah. And this isn't to that level, but it, he's great. Like he is, you know, doing his best Michael Stuhlbarg. I think Stuhlbarg is, is a little bit better as that character because he's just more like aligned with that type of, of person where where cage is a little bit more outlandish but it it doesn't really feel like a nick cage performance because he he does really become the role and and he does a, a hell of a job well ryan we have been holding out uh for your magnum opus that you're going to be presenting <laughs> yes. this evening uh if you're on our discord you have been getting some teasers over the past few weeks of I've what ryan been losing my is mind. about to present to us tonight <laughs> yeah. so uh you know that's a a plug for the discord if you want to get sneak previews to ryan uh slowly losing his grip on reality uh then please join the discord and and stay tuned to the end of the episode to to learn more details but ryan Please tell us what you have been watching over the past few weeks and okay. why. Yeah, give us the in spirit- God's name why. <laughs> give us the spirit bomb of cinema that you've been. <laughs> I'll conjuring. give the I'll give the why. I'll I'll lower us into it. So, all right, like John torches himself in October, I have a lot more free time in December with my kids having longer breaks, and I have an excuse to watch family-ish Christmas-ish. Have stuff. you been exposing your children to this shit, Ryan? Oh, no way. Uh, th- that's abuse. Yeah, just like two years <laughs> ago, they kind of quickly they quickly don't follow me on this. So two years ago, I decided to watch all the Rankin Bass Christmas related mm-hmm. things, and they gave up on me fairly quickly on that one. Last year, I made a better decision to watch a significant number of Christmas Carol movies. I remember which that. I'll say, yeah, the worst of which was fine. Yeah, <laughs> like that. I actually this weekend, like I never watch things in the background but like i was with my girlfriend and she just put on a muppet christmas carol in the background as we were like making food and i was like okay this seems fine like yeah yeah, it's fine i didn't actually pay full attention to it but it it seems pretty good you know yeah yeah yeah, it's fine so on (laughs) i'm trying to back up and i don't know how exactly i got to this franchise you know for for a while (laughs) for a while i've been i don't know you've been dropping hints about wanting to do this for a while (laughs) it's been like months he's been just telling us it's like when i talk about schlocktober and you're like you just don't have to john it's fine you really don't have to we've Uh been doing the same for ryan with this yes i i keep wondering how good air butt is His game's got butt. His style is slick. Does he dribble? No, but he might drool a little bit. And his shot is right on the nose. Disney's Air Bud, rated PG, starts August 1st. But why? 
<laughs> Why do you need to time. know that the answer to that question? I, I'm pretty sure I haven't seen Airbud since I was probably eight years old, and I'm pretty sure I could answer that question right now. Yeah. I'm fucking 34. I think... Like I could tell you right now if it's good or not. I think what happens is No, I it's find not. Out... The answer is no. No, I thought you were gonna say it's great. I think what happens is I find out that there are sequels to a movie that shouldn't have sequels. <laughs> And you then do I have get a like weird like franchise in. attraction. Right? Yeah, yes, it's like when we watched all the jarheads. And uh-huh. <laughs> just went for it. And so it wasn't as much about watching Airbud as it was about watching Airbud Two. And really, it was when I saw Airbud plays baseball. I think that uh-huh. was what really like I just couldn't look away from. And the problem is, I watch movies that are slightly beyond the Airbud franchise for the same reason. And I'll get to that. <laughs> God. How how many Airbud official Airbud movies are there? There are there are fourteen. I'm sorry, Air what Bud. is that? With the 14. puppies? Did you yes, watch all puppies. of these? I did not watch because I wanted to know about sports. So I only watched <laughs> I wanted to know Airbud about movies about sports. Wait, are there Airbud movies that aren't about sports? Dude, has so, Airbud been on the Rich Eisen show? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> That's, he has. Got, he we got has Brock Meyer and Airbud on today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Airbud has puppies in one of the movies, and then later, and this is where the universe of Airbud began to fascinate me. But later, it just follows his puppies on various stupid adventures, and those movies have made a lot more money than the the middle Airbud franchise. Uh, and they're just like cranking them out on fourteen Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever. Yeah, God. the significant number of these are just about his puppies. And they talk, and it's bullshit. They, they're but, oh shit! It's like uh, Michael J. Fox doing the voiceover. Like what's what's going yeah, on? Yeah, it's a very homeward bound bullshit. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you got my reference. Sir, yeah, right. obviously he gets into it. Watched... The puppies get into a porcupine nest or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I watched five where he plays sports and one of his kids to see if they played sports and they didn't, and then I was done with the franchise from Airbud's perspective. You, you watched six Airbud movies over the past couple of weeks. Right, and three more on top of that. So, dear God, <laughs> apparently Airbud has Airbud Entertainment. Is that a production company? Yeah, is a production oh company that Can't owns imagine. the Airbud properties, and then started to make their own tangential animal-related movies. And I got kind of slightly pulled into that. So I came in with a couple questions. Only a couple. Yeah, I came out with a lot more. <laughs> I wanted to look at Airbud's performance on film. Like, how is he within the universe? And then I wanted to look at, like, how does this compare to reality? And then I also wanted to know what is Airbud like, terrible at in-universe, and what does it not make sense for a dog to play? Which apparently is all of them, right, in reality, but the Airbud universe mm. doesn't give a shit about that. Yeah. The first Airbud movie, I will dig in a little bit plot-wise, because it actually tries to have a plot, and then the other ones are just like, let's go crazy. That's the only one I ever saw, was the first yeah. one. A guy managed to get his dog to accidentally bounce a ball into a basketball hoop. And then he took that on television, on America's Funniest Home Videos, on David Letterman. Oh, and he Lord. just kept cranking it out. And then someone called him and like, let's make a movie. And they have the actual dog buddy that's actually the one that bounced a basketball into a goal. Oh, he's on the film. actor? Yeah, he is the actor. He does accidentally bounce a basketball into a hoop. No edits. He does a lot of time also edits, but there are a couple times no edits mm-hmm. on film. So legitimately, the dog can do that thing. Is that good at basketball? No. His kid's dad dies. He was a 
fighter pilot, test pilot, something. Wait, does he get reincarnated as a golden retriever? Yeah, no. Jack Frost it up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It surprisingly doesn't go that far. Oh, man. They move somewhere. So now the kid, like, nobody likes him at school, and his dad is dead. Uh And this clown that has a dog that he brings to the two when he goes to birthday parties, he has him bounce balloons around, which dogs do. Somehow that made him a basketball player. Like the in universe, it tries to give us an explanation of like, well, he's been with this clown bouncing balloons, so now he can bounce basketballs. Uh, you know, I they tried. They don't try any other ones. They tried. Uh-huh. This don't first one, the they credit. gave a little bit of an effort, the tiniest bit of effort. Uh, the clown hates the dog because the dog gets attention at the shows and the clown doesn't, it's which usual. is stupid because you would just swerve into like, all right, fuck it, people watch the dog. Let's just do that. Uh, which is clearly what the Airbud guy did in the first place in reality. Right. Yeah. Uh, he loses the dog. This kid gets him. They start to bond over basketball. So I was like, they actually try. They try to give like the kid and they try to give like the basketball team is growing and they're learning to be a team and the kid is getting friends and he's learning to get past his loss. And like, there's some plot here. The clown eventually realizes that the dog, like he did, the dog just does halftime shows. Like they don't even try to actually pretend that this is going to work for like a long-term thing or anything. Like he just does halftime shows. It's way late in the movie where they finally are like, oh, a dog can play basketball. The dog gets five minutes and 22 seconds of playtime on the clock. In real time, the dog actually barely gets any time on film. It's really <laughs> quick. And all you see are shots of him like he bounces the ball and it goes in or someone passes it to him and he bounces. He steals it by just sort of like bumping it out of a kid's hand. Uh. And mostly because no one knows what to do like with a dog on the, they're just like, I don't know what, I don't know what I should do, which honestly is like block him because like how high can he jump and yeah. get the ball that you couldn't just block him? Does he get any rebounds? No. Uh, so I wrote down, all right, he gets four steals, oh my God. five assists. <laughs> He gets five assists. <laughs> five assists. <laughs> four, four, four field goals, and he gets two free throws. Does he oh ever get? A, does he ever get a triple double? He scores ten no, points. No, he doesn't get that. Good. He, gets five he scores assists? ten points in five minutes and five assists in five Why minutes, you, which he is gets ridiculous. The free throws because the ref is just like, I guess I can toss him the ball for the free throw, like because you'd give the ball to the player. I and actually then he remember makes that the free scene. throw, right? Yeah, yeah. The ref honestly like looks around and is like, I guess I'll just toss it to him, like. Okay, is somehow I guess it's not in the rule that the ref it ain't against the rules for the ref to toss you the free throw. Yeah, normally uh, the ref bounce passes the ball to the free thrower, but not in this scenario. Well, yeah. I guess yeah. he bounce passes it, and then the dog just immediately oh, hits does? it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, he doesn't bounce pass it though. He tosses it up, so that's a bullshit. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so the coach of the opposing team challenges. This is only in the fourth quarter with the last five minutes that they're like, oh, we need another player, and they throw the dog in. Is this I will a championship say, game or something? Like, what are the It is the championship here? game. So they've oh, managed yeah. to get there on their own. Without a right? dog. The dog isn't the uh, reason that they got all the way there. The dog isn't the reason they win the championship. But the dog isn't the reason they got there. The dog inspired them up to that point. He is challenged by the coach of the other team to like let a dog in, and we have the famous line, ain't no rules. <laughs> Yep. say a dog can't play basketball. 
there is, are no is rules there to say that line can play basketball. That is, is the there line. that line just, in every mo- Airbud movie? Like in no. every sequel, is there that scene? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Only one other movie even stops to consider if oh it's in God. the rules. Airbud one never says again the Supreme is questions. Court precedent for dogs <laughs> to play in any sport. <laughs> yes. It is only questioned one other time that, that it's even a, a, an issue. Like this, this is the only movie oh, where they even this open is like a fucking This Citizens robot. United of, of get animals <laughs> yeah. play sports. Like, dogs are people too. Yeah. So the, the clown is like, oh, I need it back. He takes it to court. The judge decides to just take it outside and whichever person the dog goes to wins the dog. Of course. Now, I will say it's not a criminal case. It's a civil case. And there's a lot of leeway for judges. Like, I kind of looked at it and I was like, this isn't as bad as letting the dog Ryan, play Ryan, you're analyzing this way too closely. This is- <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the clown brings one flyer with him and a golden retriever on it and says, this was my dog. And he says he has papers, but the papers got destroyed because the dog chewed him up. There you go. Oh, yeah. sure, yeah. So he really doesn't bring much evidence, nor does he bring any witnesses, it's while the no kid case. brings a bunch of people that are like, he should have the dog. And he was, did Was the judge like, the dog. why don't we cut the dog in half and give him to yeah, both Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Solomon, <laughs> judge yeah. Solomon. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, he's like, we'll cut the dog in half and see who he goes to. Yeah, so the, he goes outside and is like, whoever he goes to can have him. And, and that's it. Like, he runs to the kid, and that's the end of the movie. So it's actually very little about the dog playing basketball, so I will give it that. I guess it made enough money. It was popular. It interests me because it is in the cultural zeitgeist of like, nothing says in the rules that you can't, whatever. Uh, I, does which, Air Bud wear Air Jordans? They do acknowledge that he can't be on a court <laughs> because <laughs> he like fucking slides around. So they have to give him a uniform and shoes and they like duct tape the shoes. He does shoes wear to basketball him. shoes. Oh my <laughs> yeah, God. which I feel like is torture enough that they're like duct taping shoes to a dog to play yeah what is this an italian film (laughs) (laughs) so you you sent a gif to the discord of a kid throwing a ball at a dog's face that just hit it in the face and fell to the floor that Uh, was edited that was edited that is what my dog did when i threw yeah that's what my husky did when i threw a basketball at her (laughs) (laughs) i was going to ask were any dogs harmed in the making of this film uh no, but uh put a pin in that for okay. snow buddies where okay. six puppies right. died. Oh uh, so down the line. <laughs> Is that an Italian film? Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Surprisingly, very few dogs died in this franchise until one movie and then a bunch of them died, and I'm not sure why. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My apologies. Then, Continue your crazy rant, right? <laughs> Alright, so yeah, Airbud, like it tries, but I will say that is a fucking amazing performance for five minutes of basketball. Ten points like, and, f- and five assists ten, in five ten minutes? Ten points and five assists in five minutes is pretty ridiculous. Fucking Luka Doncic of the Youth League. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 that was theatrically released. They did another theatrical release, Air Bud 2, Golden Receiver. Yep. Uh, this is about baseball. No, it's about, about football. Oh, that's yeah. about football. He plays Which... receiver, John. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was making a joke. <laughs> in the first movie, they try to put in some effort, but by later movies, I'm like, do they even give a fuck about their audience? Like, no. do they think that we're all idiots? Do they, you know? Yes. And honestly, like, maybe most of it is five and six year olds that are rewatching these movies or and whatever you. on home video. Yeah. 
and and parents with nothing better to do. Yeah. I, I I feel like they made the sequel just on the pun alone, right? They're like, he's a Pro- golden probably, retriever, right? but he's a golden receiver. You get it? Oh, green yeah. light that shit. I think they were like, we need an Air Bud 2 movie. It sat there on the whiteboard for a long time. Uh Somebody came up with a pun and they're like, they greenlit it and that was it. Ship it. Yep. Uh, Air Bud 2 starts to set up a lot of what becomes a staple of these movies, all of which are very problematic. At the end of Air Bud 1, he runs onto an actual NBA court and he like hits the ball out of someone's hands. I don't even know if they're real basketball players. Uh, the Washington, what are that. they? The Washington Generals? Yeah, they couldn't. Get <laughs> yeah, probably something players, like that. No but that's it. He just like steals the ball, and everyone's like, "Oh, Airbud, right?" Like it, it's fine, you know. <laughs> Airbud two, uh, legitimately, the reason the dog starts playing football is he runs onto the field in the middle of a game and catches a touchdown pass that counts. In the last movie, someone is like. Stops the game is like timeout. Can a dog play basketball? Is that allowed in this movie? It isn't even that he's a dog. Like he's not on the team, and he's not in that game, and he's an extra player on the field. Like there's so many <laughs> he's that the are player on the field. <laughs> yeah. He's the twelfth man on the field, oh and they and he scores a touchdown, and they let it go. So then he joins the team. Like they're just like, oh well, we needed more players. Like he's on the team. Like they don't even try to give a shit about this. He gets eleven. This is his season stats: eleven touchdowns, three hundred and ninety reception yards, one hundred and sixty-five rushing Wait, yards. Hold on, Ryan. How did you tabulate this? Did you watch every single play and be like, so how many, many yards did he go and write it down? There's, there's so many rewinds. I had to go back and rewind all this shit. Oh, my God. He, he forces two turnovers, one of which is there's an interception when he's being thrown to. Yeah. That he, the guy runs it all the way back to the one. Airbud runs him down because a fucking dog can outrun humans. Yeah. A fucking dog can outrun Usain Bolt. Yeah. <laughs> he fucking runs down a kid, knocks the ball out of his hands, picks up the ball, and runs it back a hundred fucking yards <laughs> for a touchdown. Anytime the dog gets the ball in his mouth, it's a touchdown on screen. There's nothing else that happens. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. No, I have each game. I could tell you what he got in every game. Like what option touchdowns. <laughs> How Ryan, many post these to got. the Discord, Ryan, because oh yes, please yeah, do I that. Post it. But also, did uh, you ever at w- any point while you were doing this and cataloging this information, and thank you for doing so, did you ever like just stop to think like, what am I doing with my life? Maybe I should reconsider. It was how probably I'm in this time. second movie that I was really <laughs> contemplating like why because this, this was us? really bad. What did you fucking text us when uh, you weren't able to make the recording last time? It was uh, something along the lines of, <laughs> "Sorry, I forgot. I was watching." Airbud play soccer something yeah. like that yeah that's about right yeah that's probably right this movie establishes that random people want to kidnap Airbud or Airbud tangent dogs okay. and that takes them out for Air the Bud finals <laughs> Airbud affiliates that's what we call them oh my god alright so what, what happens with the third movie is the women's national soccer team got popular and mm-hmm. Disney was like how can we capitalize on this when Brandy like, Chastain took her shirt off, the nation went wild. Yeah. <laughs> started yeah, making kids, children's movies about soccer. Kids are like going to be into soccer now, right? So we've got to get something. We got to get something going. We'll, we'll get a soccer Air Bud movie because everybody knows Air Bud. He should be pretty old by this movie. This is where I started to get into like, how old is Air Bud? He's still good at this. How old are these kids? 
Like, are they in junior high? Are they in high school? Like, I started having a lot of really hard time finding this out. I'm like, what year does this take place in? Mm. Let's look back at his stats here. He gets, uh, <laughs> he only gets five goals That's in the whole thing. That's still a lot in soccer, isn't it? It is over, over the whole season. I've seen a lot of soccer is, uh, games, and they usually end up with not a lot of people having goals. Yeah, eight, over eight games. <laughs> if I could, yeah. That he gets the overtime <laughs> winning goal in the championship, which is which is pretty good. We don't see any other stuff. I don't know if he does anything else on the does field. Does he do we any penalty him, like, kicks? Take a ball. Does, does anybody penalty <laughs> kick against him and he has to hold his little paws over his dog crutch? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, he just has to stand there. He, he kicks an overtime goal. He doesn't have to do penalty kicks. He kicks an overtime goal. So anyway, after he wins all of it, we cut at the end to the actual U.S. women's national team. No. Who, who showed up. I guess for a cameo, happy to do this. Uh, but they get down to the very end of the game in the World Cup. They're going down to a shootout. Their uh, goalie gets injured. And so they put in Air Bud, who was already down on the sidelines. And I'm like, he wasn't there. He hasn't played the fucking Wait, whole World Cup. Isn't he a it's dude? It's just the last game. He's a guy. Yeah. He's a dog. <laughs> He's not on the team. Like, again, I'm like the same thing as the football one. I'm like, it, it, there's so many things. There's so many parameters <laughs> that make this make no sense. And I'm like, and uh, any other fucking human can cover more of the goal than a dog can. Like, yeah. that's the worst person to put in. And yeah, no, he you should have be a, whole a forward, team. right? Like, there's no reason this dog should be playing defense. Yes, you have a yeah. whole team. And it's just the goalie you need to replace on a penalty kick. This establishes that this oh, dog man. competes on a professional level because he also in the in the tail end of uh, the football movie he runs <laughs> he runs glitch. onto an actual just... football field and grabs the ball. The next one they jump the shark and go to baseball. Oh, that they jump the no shark sense. then. They jump the shark then. Yeah, this is where I was like, "There's, there's no way this makes no sense." Because he can you, catch a baseball though. He, well, and they're a designated shocked. fielder. They are shocked that that dog can catch a baseball. Is that one the called Airbud? They are shocked at everything else. What is, it, what is else. it called? Is it Airbud three out of left field? Uh, Airbud Air four. Four, oh, four seventh Sorry. inning he fetch. Did yeah, yeah. That's no. Right. No. Uh. Why didn't they call it Airbud a leak of his bone? <laughs> Oh yeah, because they already knew they were These shamelessly going to use that. <laughs> he plays first base because the only possible position because he can't throw that a dog possibly think to have the dog play at yeah you're like he needs to catch he doesn't really have to throw much at first base but they just kind of hand wave it away he's good to go but he does have to pat bat like yeah that was gonna be my big question how how do the at bats go I I had wanted to know from the beginning. I'm like, do they make him a pinch runner? Is he a pitch hitter? Is he a designated hitter? That makes even less sense because he uh-huh. can't hit. They answer that he can hit by having him put a baseball bat into his mouth. Does he bunt? Dear Lord. Which they do as a real dog. And no, he doesn't bunt, which would also be a possibility. They show the dog with the baseball. He turns his head. The kid throws the ball. The dog turns his head. And they do one of those things where they do behind the camera where the ball's like spinning on the uh-huh, camera uh-huh, so you like uh-huh. get the like ooh, it's the action it's coming towards and then him. they cut to the dog like the dog swings his head as the camera's zooming in but you don't actually see the ball make contact yeah and then we cut to the ball fucking home run he does get rbis uh he gets a lot of singles he steals a fucking base <laughs> <laughs> so he would actually be good at stealing bases 
Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's fair either, Steve. Because he's just so goddamn fast. Like, yeah. that's the thing that they never, like, even acknowledge. Is like, this <laughs> dog is, a dog is way too fast. I, I will say from batting, they also never bring up his strike zone is probably impossible to hit. And oh, that's what yeah. I would have gone with. It's just like, they can't even throw to him. He just gets walked. Just walk him. Yeah. yeah like, just walk too, him. He's too short. You can't Fatty even boom hit the strike zone. Yeah. <laughs> the, the dog himself. Uh, this is the one where when they first put him in the game, one of the guys in the stand gets up and goes, hey, look, they're putting Air Bud in. And everyone oh, like claps. God. And I was like, so in universe, I'm like, they know. They know this dog has played sports before. And they're he's like, a okay celebrity of the youth sports circuit. <laughs> he's like in the sports yeah, illustrated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. We got we to move this along. Okay, What's yeah, this right, gotta, so moving, al- moving along, at yes. the end of the game, he plays for the Anaheim Angels. And he's the World <laughs> Series MVP. Wait, hold on. What? <laughs> I know we just told you to speed up, but yeah, hold on. Angels in the outfield. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? So the fact that they didn't mark it on this dog having like won the fucking World Cup is amazing to me. But then after he plays the season at a baseball, I guess the Anaheim Angels saw him and drafted him. And again, I'm like, oh, I see how the, the boardroom conversation happened. Who entered the, the dog's name into the draft? <laughs> Well, they can draft. The draft in the baseball is weird. They can draft fucking anybody they want. There, you don't have to enter into the presence. draft. They can. Yeah, just... you don't have to. En- and they will draft. Wow. They draft as many rounds as they want. Baseball drafting stops when a team is like, I, yeah, it's. I, it, I know yeah. it's weird. Airbud is not a draft. It dodger. seems like you would yeah. have to like actually submit your name for consideration. Sometimes now they like draft football players that don't sign with them. Like they just like well, they could sign with them, but then the, they go play football and say fuck you, baseball. <laughs> yeah, and they draft yeah. kids out of high school and weird shit like that so i'm like i guess mm-hmm. they could draft it like ain't no rule says you can't draft a dog <laughs> i guess it that has to be the end but somehow they went on and made him play volleyball and What's this I, I get called? the feeling that uh i don't even know i didn't even write down volleyball at the top it just says finals a setup a point a setup he wins a doubles tournament with a professional that's how you can tell uh, ryan stopped Reese. caring at that point like <laughs> 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 it just was like whatever it's called Airbud spikes back Yes, Airbud spikes. Oh, there's back. no that dog pun it. in that one. Yeah, they were done. Yeah, they yeah, were it's done. Just a Star he, Wars. Pun. He honestly like doesn't play that much volleyball. He can't serve. They never nope. even acknowledge or attempt to show anything about that. I they like just that you like, say whatever. that like he should be able to serve. <laughs> All he could do is bump and sit. Right. Correct. They do show him block, oh, which is a ridiculous height for a dog to yeah, jump. Yeah, no, that's 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 bullshit. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is also the movie where they start doing what I think they should have been doing the whole time, which is using like fake dog paws. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, shit. that's the good. So shit. like, yeah, he also uh, knows how to operate machinery. At one point, honestly, at this point, he's played fucking four sports professionally. Like, I should I be concerned <laughs> that he knows how to work machinery? Is Airbud actually Daryl? Is this what this is? <laughs> yeah, that he was engineered by the military. And they're like, could you make this dog into a man that could kill people, though? Yeah. <laughs> I did watch some. I watched Air Buddies, which is the next sequel to this, to That's see right. if it involved baseball. They don't end up playing any sports, so we don't need to fucking talk about that. All right, good. Uh, okay. Yeah, let's wrap what this I did, shit up, right? Come on. What I did find out, I will accelerate through the next three movies I watched. Next I did three movies. Come on. The Air Bud franchise allowed them to make an Airbud entertainment company that put out a bunch of bullshit straight to video uh usually animal related crap only three of which involved sports and i had to sit down and watch those because i'd already been on this sports kick 
and I found out that they involved a chimpanzee playing sports, and I wanted to see how they filmed that. So the first one is called MVP, Most Valuable Primate. This one actually has so much better in the air, but and Richard Karn comes back as a different person. It has so much of a share of plot. He also comes back as a different person. Our plot that I was surprised how revolves around again some people that have moved. They actually start the movie off with a girl who's deaf. He gets not accepted. We are following dress. He shower. She runs into chimpanzee. They connect. Yeah. And then he's good. I don't even remember how he knows. It's like the movie is definitely dropped off. The second one he gets dragged in. Just goes in and, and starts putting on It's not fair, again, to have a chimpanzee skateboard against a nobody, which I was like, like I, I do feel like no one really ever points it in. In summation, all refutes across the board. Okay, we've got to recommend for Daryl D.A.R.Y.L. Yeah, sure. Is there a fun way you want to try to spin that? It's it's thwarting your colon's approach to uh, Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's no colon in the title, is there? Daryl has five periods in the course of his title. Five periods but no colons. Um, we've got a recommend for dream scenario, and we have a an incredibly long-winded refute. <laughs> For every single dog sports movie or <laughs> we, chimpanzee sports, sports movie movies, yes. that has ever existed. Yes, we have the uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington of Air Bud <laughs> reviews. Uh, uh, Maybe somebody sports. will listen to him. Ryan was filibustering this podcast. He was Ted Cruz reading Green Eggs and Ham on this podcast, uh, oh just God. reciting the plot of all the Air Bud movies. Um, anyway, that happened folks uh my deepest apologies anyway uh thank you for joining us this week i have been your host michael dixon with me as always john garcia we're done right we're done with this one i'm pretty sure we're done uh and also brian king uh hopefully i'm out of like stupid franchises but something tells me by next december i'll find something else i have faith in you you'll find something we're gonna have to institute a law or some kind of rule yeah table Hey there, movie buffs, TV toughs, and all listeners in between. John here from the Afterthoughts Podcast. I just wanted to drop in at the end of this episode and say thanks for listening. If you've got afterthoughts of your own to share, hit us up. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Afterpod, or jump into a conversation on our Discord server. You can find info for this and more at theafterpod.transistor.fm. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Even Richard Karn didn't come back for this one. Uh, <laughs> the director of that one has done 21 films with all of the pups and or the airbus yeah. company. No, and they just insane. they crank them out. It's it's insane. They crank these things out. I think they should do one where Airbud is doing gymnastics. Gymkata. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, okay, so would he like on the high bar? Would he just do that with his mouth? 
and just twir- twirl around no, that the high bar you, with his you, mouth. You show, yeah, the actually, pause? that's pretty good. Let's you do that. I was gonna say the pause. Too. The pause the should fake, be for the, the rings. Dog but you're right. Let's oh, just dude, do his mouth. Dog pause on the rings. The high bar, I feel like, would have to be the mouth. Yeah, just yeah, be yeah. his mouth. And then you cut, like, you show him getting on there in his mouth, and then you show some like swinging, and then you cut away, and it's just like comically he's spinning around. Yes. Oh yeah, right. Oh, definitely. The floor exercise would basically be like CGI or like cuts to the dog like running about to jump and then like landing. The pommel horse, I don't know how you pull that off. That that seems That's difficult. the pause. The pause. Yeah, again, you, you show just close you show up like shots of the you don't actually the see pause. the whole dog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you just have like a puppet dog's feet. Like you zoom in on that, you just have the feet like going around. <laughs> yeah. The same thing, you have the dog run and then jump on the vault and then you cut uh-huh. to a fake dog like yeah, flipping through the air around. <laughs> cut to the dog Boston landing dynamics <laughs> yeah no i want all practical effects oh, yeah, yeah. oh no no, CG, uh, yes. no cgi no talking Absolutely, like a stuffed all dog that's just been hurled through the air that's <laughs> spinning around randomly yes. and then they cut yes. to the dog landing perfectly on the, on the now the we're mat. at the part yeah. of the conversation i wanted to be at ryan where we talk about <laughs> the other airbuds that should be <laughs> what yeah what we needed to have before we had baseball like all the other sports he could have gotten to yeah i mean you knew when they didn't call it a league of his bone it was just fucking ruined like tennis after that. Yeah. that would make no sense um golf Dude, that would be fucking hilarious airbud javelin or i don't fucking know some olympic shit that airbud does yeah. dude airbud well, triathlon they, would be amazing yeah no i was gonna say triathlon yeah Swimming. he has to fire yeah. a gun yeah, the biathlon, <laughs> the yeah. biathlon, skiing yeah. and rifle shooting. Uh, yeah, dude, at that Pole point, just send Air like, There's so many the, things, you know, like Airbud fucking field. At that point, like, there's been so many movies where he's proven himself that I feel like the military would come after him, right? They would want to study this dog and yeah. figure out if he could be made into a kill machine. Yeah, it, it is only one passing in all of these movies, including the chimpanzee movies. Is it only ever once someone else suggests adding? their own dog to the sport one kid to his coach is like hey i have a dog that's pretty good and then coach is like nah and i'm like no, no 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 yeah, listen yeah. to that kid <laughs> like <laughs> kids onto something yeah i was like no one else has ever thought like hey maybe we could get a dog to play a sport too i mean i have it i have it we need Airbud to play polo Oh. A dog riding oh, a, a dog. horse with the hat. swinging a mallet. With the, head, the yes. polo hat, too. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. That'd be amazing. mallet in his mouth. Yes. Dude, Airbud as a pool shark would be pretty fucking novel. Honestly, I do oh. Yeah, you did that one, too, right? You just kind of cut into his mouth with the cue and then the fake paw. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's, there's so many. You know what this is rife for? It's rife for a behind the scenes about how wild Airbud's like acting career was, how it fueled his vices. Like, like a fake He'd, behind the yeah, music. Yeah, like oh, the yeah. dog, the, the fucking golden retrievers doing like cocaine and, like, uh, and other shit. For, a 30 for 30 airbud. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh Have you guys God. seen that, the, the fake behind the music of the Simpsons episode? Oh, That's yeah. That's one yeah. of my favorite yeah. Simpsons episodes. And they like, they like just like flash words on the screen. It's like sex, drugs, donuts, millhouse. <laughs> <laughs> fucking excellent. But yeah, like that's what they need now is just an airbud documentary about how wild that dog's life was. And have a bunch of humans talking about how he always wanted to party and say shit that's just like really inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then they'll bring out the sexual allegations against Airbud or whatever the fuck else. <laughs> we yeah. need a Formula One Airbud movie. Ooh, Ooh, man. That's too easy. That's too easy. <laughs> but get, it would be hilarious. Shots. It would be hilarious. But you, you just, just get have shots big of the paws car. on the wheels. Like, <laughs> Dude, oh, no, man. what you do is you talk about how Airbud always did go karts from when he was a, a puppy. And <laughs> you show the yeah, tiny dog in the go kart. Yeah, the little goggles on him. Oh, God. It's all brilliant. It it's called Airbud Formula Fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's Fermula or whatever the fuck Fer. Oh, Fermula. Fer- they would do that in like Fer- Fermula One. <laughs> Sponsored by Purina One. Yeah, there you oh, go. God. Yeah, God.